Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Pleased to be joined by former Raider great Stanford Rapp. Stan, let me begin by this. I owe you and Raider Nation <laughs> an apology because I picked against the silver and black. And what did they do? They beat the Denver Broncos in Denver by a score of 17 to 16 and beat Denver for the seventh straight time. Pretty impressive yeah. victory, Stan, on opening weekend. Yeah, uh, obviously, anytime you come away with a victory, like uh, no matter what, it's going to always uh, be a great thing. Uh, obviously, you see Jimmy G play pretty good. Had that one interception, obviously in the in the end zone, but whatever. Uh, to go ahead and and be able to uh, slow down the Denver pass game, obviously now led by Sean Payton along with Russell Wilson. I like that as well. And just being able to come away with a victory in Week One, obviously the Denver Broncos. I don't anticipate them winning the Super Bowl or anything like that. So uh, no matter what, I don't care if it's against the worst team in the league or a mediocre team. A win is a win, and to be one and zero. And right now, you look at Denver Broncos zero one, Kansas City Chiefs zero and one. You got the Los Angeles Chargers. They're zero and one right now. The Raiders are atop the AFC West for one week, but it's much better than being zero and one. Stan, the Raiders are in first place all by themselves in the AFC West. Exactly. I cannot remember the last time we said that, even though it's week one and there's a long way to go in the season. And that's why, yeah, that's why, <laughs> uh, even though, like I said, it's not the best thing in the world, I'm still going to go ahead and take it because it could be a lot different, especially if we're sitting here at 0-1 now wondering, okay, uh, you look at how Jimmy G was, whoa, sorry about that. You look at how Jimmy G is. Uh, how he played, we could sit up here and be saying, okay, you know what? The Raiders should never let Derek Carr go. So uh, because Jimmy G played well, hopefully he can stay healthy throughout the remainder of the season. And who knows what what we may be looking at, looking at week 16, week 17, week 18, where they're actually playing, vying for a playoff spot. Dan, what was your biggest takeaway from this game? I'll probably be the way Jimmy G played. Um, to me, I, like I said, he was uh, he he was efficient. Obviously, he had the one interception, but it is what it is. I'll go ahead and just go ahead and give him a, a mulligan on that. Um, that would probably be my biggest takeaway. Obviously, he stayed healthy. I think if he stays healthy and he stays on track, I think that the Raiders could be looking at a decent year. Maybe not going uh, eleven and six or anything like that going to the playoffs, but definitely. I'm looking for eight to nine to 10 wins being in that realm, assuming that Jimmy G is able to stay healthy. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't great, but he was good. He threw for 200 yards. Exactly. He had a couple of touchdown passes. You mentioned the one bad INT in the end zone. But you know what, Stan? He made the plays when he had to, especially on that third and seven when the game was hanging in the balance and he scrambled for the first down and he stayed in bounds and that pretty much sealed the world for the Raiders. Um, you know what, Stan? I also think this was a game they would have lost a year ago. You know, the Raiders were down three, what, uh-huh. like six, seven minutes in the fourth quarter. They, the defense yes. forces a punt, yes. and then Luke Masterson, for some reason, decides to rough the punter on fourth and 15. They extend the drive. No, that made it 16 to 10. It, yeah, that made it 16 to 10. And then the Raiders' offense responded with a touchdown to put them up by a point. And then the, the Raiders' defense forces a three and outs. And the Raiders' offense simply runs out the clock. So much different scenario in week one than what we were used to a year ago. Absolutely. Let's get our, let's get our promo in, read right here, and then we continue on. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. 
Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV for your welcome bonus, which is 50% on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. You know what, Stan? I think we also need to give a shout-out to Jacoby Myers making his first start for the Raiders. He had nine receptions, a couple of touchdowns. Now, he did take that nasty hit at the end of the game uh, from Kareem Jackson. He had to leave the game. Let's hope he is able to play next week. It's nothing serious. But, Stan, what what did you come away with uh, from Myers? He seemed very comfortable with Jimmy G. Yeah, he did. Obviously, nine catches, 81 yards, two touchdowns, and all that stuff for 10 targets. I think that he had a a pretty good game, to to say the least. Um, And like I said, just looking forward, he could be a nice number two option after Devontae Adams. So I definitely think that uh, things are looking up. Obviously showed a great report uh, between uh, him and uh, Jimmy G. And hopefully there's going to be big things to come on the horizon. Obviously, both of them having the New England background along with the Josh McDaniels. So hopefully that pays big dividends down the road. And Stan, I think we've got to give a quick shout out to the Raiders offensive lineman. You know, Josh Jacobs really never got going today. I thought Denver's defense uh, obviously made a point of emphasis to bottle him up. I think they did mm-hmm. a great job. But the Raiders offensive line did not allow a sack. So uh, yeah. I thought for the most part, they held up pretty darn well against that uh, Denver defense and protected Jimmy G. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Obviously, not having not giving up any sacks is big, especially for somebody like Jimmy G, who's obviously had injury concerns all throughout his career. You definitely want to make sure that you keep him clean, especially in in on any team in this league. If you keep the quarterback clean, your probability raises exponentially as far as uh, the probability for victory just because if the quarterback is upright, if he's not being sacked, if he's not being under pressure, under duress, he has a definitely a better chance of being able to deliver the ball accurately on time to all the playmakers. All right, Stan, let's move to the other side of the ball. Now, you and I, in last week's podcast, talked about that was the focus. You and I were really going <laughs> to uh, take a look at how is this Raiders defense going to respond. I think they had a Somewhat of a rough first half, but I thought they made some good adjustments at halftime and played very well in the second half. What was your uh, takeaway from the Raiders' defense? Oh, they did. They played well enough to win the game. Obviously, you saw how they went up 17-16. What was it with about, was it five minutes left to go in the game? Something like that. So for them to be able to go ahead and do that and be able to come out, get a stop, and be able to hand the ball back to the offense, and then Jimmy G's able to go and scramble for the first down, which seemingly puts the game on ice. I think that was brilliant, and I think that the Raiders showing that they're able to come up with stops whenever they need. You look at uh, you look at Jacorian Bennett led all players on the Raiders within tackles, had six of them all solo. That's going to pay big dividends for me, especially with him being a young rookie, being able to be thrown into the fold, being able to come up and make certain plays. I think that uh, the Raiders are going to have to win some games on the defensive side of the ball by simply just maybe not completely being the Chicago Bears of 1985, but <laughs> being able to bend and not break in certain moments. And you see they were able to do that today. Dan, let me ask you this. One thing I noticed about the defense and pretty much throughout this game, I thought their tackling was much better uh, today or Sunday's game against Denver yeah. than at any time I saw last year. I thought Nate Hobbs tackled very well. Uh-huh. Uh, you mentioned Bennett. Uh, another guy I want to give a shout out to, Obviously, Max Crosby was his brilliant usual self. He had the five tackles. He had a sack, a tackle for us. I thought Divine Diablo played very, very well 
He had nine tackles and he had that one play at the goal line where he knocked uh, uh, Russell Wilson's pass away, which looked like it mm-hmm. would have, if it got through, it would have been a touchdown. What was your takeaway from Diablo? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Uh, he was all over the field. Obviously, nine total tackles, five solo, four assists, and then, like you said, the tackle for a loss to TFL. I think that uh, he he's going to have to play like that all year long for this team to be successful. So right now, for me, game one, one and zero. Oh. The defense made some plays when they needed to. Max Crosby obviously had a sack. You see that uh, Tyree Wilson, the young rookie out of Texas Tech, had an assist. I'm just prayerful and I'm cautiously optimistic that this is a stepping stone for big things to come within this season, within this team. Dan, I thought the Raiders defense uh, in particular was really good in the second half. I just want to look at the numbers. They held Denver to three points after uh, carving up the pass defense in the first half. Wilson was 17 for 19. The second half, he was still good, 10 for 15. But overall, just 177 yards. That's what I was just about to say. Yes. Everything was dink and dunk, right? Exactly. And and, and like I said, that's off a 27 completion. So, yeah. So when you look at Russell Wilson, 27 to 34, only at seven completions, 27 completions. Okay. Pretty high completion percentage. But when you look at the yards, only 177. I mean, that's well under 10 yards of completion. And like you just said, the dink and the dunk in. If you're able to force the quarterback to go the long, hard way to dink and dunk all the way down the field, you're going to be pretty successful because most offenses do not have the level of discipline, don't have the level of focus and consistency to rattle off eight play 80 yard drives consistently throughout this league. That's something that's very hard to do because you're going to have a holding call. You're going to have a false start. You're going to have a drop pass. You're going to have a blown assignment or maybe some sort of being on the different page of miscommunication between the quarterback and the receiver on a specific play. So if you force teams to go the long, hard way, like I said already, your chances for winning, your chances for success increase exponentially. And that's something they were able to do today. So hopefully they're able to continue that down the stretch for throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, one more nugget on that second half, Stan. Denver had just three possessions that resulted in a missed field goal, a field goal, and then a punt. And on that punt, that was a three and out. That was the only three and out the Raiders defense uh, forced on Sunday. Can I nitpick a little bit, Stan, on the Raiders? Oh, yeah, by okay? all means. Okay. <laughs> by all means. <laughs> Uh, the red zone, just two for four with a touchdown, a field goal. I mentioned Jimmy G's uh, bad interception. Uh, you got to be better and more disciplined, I thought, Stan. Ten penalties, uh, which resulted in six first down for the Broncos. And I'm sorry, Luke Masterson, I'm going to call you out. Why are you going for a block punt on fourth and 15 when your team's down three and you're getting the mm-hmm. ball back? I, that, you know, I'm nitpicking, Stan, but, you know, they're far from perfect. Uh, yeah. Like Al Davis used to say, just win, baby. And I think that's what the Raiders exactly. did. They played well enough to get a victory today. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Like I said, it wasn't a clean game. It wasn't perfect. Obviously, both teams had uh, 10 penalties tied. And you look at the third down efficiency, both the same way, 45%. But the Raiders were able to come up with the plays when they needed. And you saw, to me, the big touchdown with Jacoby Myers. I'm sorry, he's got, he had two, but the big one uh, late in the fourth quarter. And then being able to go out on defense, get a stop, give the ball back to your offense, to me, that was something that it was a joy to see. And I'm giddy because I'm optimistic about, okay, you know what? Let's see how this season now plays out. Let's see exactly if this can compound into two to three to four. And let's just see where the season takes you. Yeah. Stan, I read this stat now. The Raiders have beaten Denver seven straight times. 
Kansas City has beaten Denver 15 straight times. Yeah. That I mean, I mean, those are two really long losing streaks. That's what happens division. when and that's Stan, what happens like, when you don't have a franchise quarterback. Like Stan, Denver, Denver yeah. hasn't had since 2015 with Peyton Manning. But Stan, that's almost like two losses. You know, that's like 30 yeah. in a row and 14 mm-hmm. within the division, right? Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Final uh topic for Stan. You have to give out a game ball. Who are you giving it to in week one with the win over the Broncos? I would probably just have to go uh just I would probably have to go with Jimmy G. He played the whole game, didn't get hurt, didn't get sacked. Obviously, you, you give that a lot of that credit to the offensive line because they're not allowing the sacks. But for Jimmy G, uh, only, what, seven, six, seven incompletions the entire game, 20 to 26, 200 yards. He had the one full bar with the interception in the end zone. Yes, he did. Uh, but two touchdowns, took care of the ball otherwise. And, I mean, we can't give it to Josh Jacobs. Nope. We could go ahead and talk about Jacoby Myers, but who's the one throwing him the ball? Devontae Adams had six catches for 66 yards, which is pedestrian for his level of standards. I can't say that there were any juggernauts on the defensive side of the ball, so I would have to go by default just to Jimmy G. Yeah, I'll agree with you. It's his first career start with the Raiders. He comes up with a W. He plays well enough uh, for the Raiders to get a victory on the road. But Stan, not a lot of time to celebrate this one. Buffalo next uh, Sunday. Oh, yeah. Uh, at, at, Buffalo. at Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, that's a tall task. Back-to-back road games to begin but this But Buffalo season. will be coming off of a short week because they play Monday night. Stan, is that really a big a big thing? Is it really? Or do we make too much of it, it in the media? It, it's, it isn't for the skill guys, but for the big guys, it kind of is. Um, so, I mean, I think that it's going to be even because the Raiders will be traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast. Uh, so that's going to be a different time zone for them, obviously. Right. Uh, that uh, that flight, yes, jet lag, uh, getting adjusted, reacclimated to the new time zone, which essentially, uh, kickoff is going to be. Is that going to be the early game or the late game? I believe it's early, but don't quote yeah. me on it. So that'll be 10 a.m. Vegas time. Trust me, that plays a big part. And so I think both teams are going to be at a slight disadvantage with Buffalo coming off a short week. Playing Monday night for a lot of guys, if you play on Sunday, a lot of times for the big guys who are in the trenches, they may not be ready to go to actually practice until maybe Thursday if they play on Sunday. Well, because they're playing on Monday, now they may not be ready to go till Friday. And I think that when you look at the national NFL day off, which is Tuesday, you're going to look at for the Buffalo Bills, they're not going to be able to much review their game against the Jets because they're off on Tuesday and then walk right into Wednesday getting ready for the Raiders. So they're not even really going to be able to review the mistakes or anything that they have to go ahead and coach up from the game against the Jets. So anytime you play on Monday night, it definitely calls for a short week because you pretty much have to turn the page as soon as the game is over with and move right into your next opponent. You don't have a chance to go and try to correct anything, take a look at anything because you're instantly moving right forward. Hey, well, it's good. We had we didn't we weren't able to do it too much last year celebrating a Raiders victory, but they exactly get off, they get off on the right foot, knocking off Denver by a score of seventeen to sixteen. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, presented by BetOnline.ag. From my partner Stanford Route, I'm Dennis Ackerman. May all your punts find the coffin corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.